Good evening, brothers and sisters in Christ and my brothers and sisters here in the world, as I call it. We're all sons and daughters of Christ. But some of us have to learn how to walk in the way of righteousness as a spirit-filled Christian. Sounds complex, but it's not. <clears throat> Just want to let you know. Um, I was doing a lot of thinking today. I actually had a uh, Bible class today at my church. And uh, it was really interesting because a lot of what was um, of the scriptures that were paid attention to was scripture that actually I had been looking at for a while and uh, debating whether or not to go forward. Because sometimes we just don't know when God is going to turn the light on and say, no, you should go here. So again, that's the big thing that we have to remember. I'm not going to read scripture tonight. I'm going to sort of sum, I'm going to sum up some of the things that scripture talks about that are really, really important. And, and we should really focus in on. Um, in Revelations, the book of Revelations is just what I call a real warning to all of us as to what we needed to do. More and more, fellow evangelists and fellow pastors and people that I know, there's so much that we as Christians have to stop denying. We all go about our business like everything is fine and everything is not fine. The coming of Christ is near. How near? We don't know until Christ decides, but I can tell you it's very near because all the signs all the signs are there. When you have discourse between two sides and um, they're battling each other, when two op when two opposing sides stop battling out in one government, chances are that it's not going to stand. You understand? It's going to fall apart. We're facing a huge dilemma right now. And um, all I can say is that we really need to pay attention. Really do. 
chapter 5 of Ephesians, I mean, God makes it so clear. It says, imitate God, therefore, these are the apostles wrote this, actually, says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are dear children. It says, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Now that is basically, in a nutshell, is that God gives us his love. And when we treat each other right, heaven will see it. I mean, God loved us so much that he gave himself up for us. You think about that one. That's pretty intense. You know, that's really pretty intense. Now, as far as, which I've talked about before, um, we... Most of us, we're not in touch with Christ. We haven't built a relationship with Christ. We don't obey his commandments. And that is so true. In order to live a life, a Christian life for God, we need to... Uh, Start changing our ways. Stop. Start changing the way we think completely. Being a Christian means everything that was bad from the past is forgotten. It's erased. The new man is born, which means that from that point on, you're going to live a life for Christ. And you have to make sure that every day that you go out, that you're wearing that new man. Because people will know when you're a Christian. They can tell. So what we need to do as Christians is to love one another as Christ loved us. It's not hard work to figure out. It really isn't. We make it difficult for ourselves. Unfortunately, we do make it difficult for ourselves. We have to remember that uh, as long as we are on the earth, we should be always, always focusing on God and moving forward in His Word. Now, here's an interesting scripture. It's in Ephesians, and it's chapter 6. And it's verse, I think it's 8. Is that 18? <laughs> it looks like 18. Yeah, it is. And... It talks about living by the spirit of power. 
and spirit-guided relationships, wives and husbands. Now, this is an area that most of us do fail. And it's written here, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise. Make the most out of every opportunity in these days, evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And now here we're going to start. It says, don't be drunk with wine, because that will turn your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making, this is interesting, and making muscle, is that muscle? I'm sorry, making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I'm talking about. Every day that we're alive, we look around us, we have a lot of the provisions that God makes makes them possible. God makes it possible that we can have a great job. God makes it possible for us to have a good health, a decent life, a happy home. God makes all those things possible. They don't happen because we're controlling them. Matter of fact, When we talked about spirit-guided relationships, wives and husbands, and it says here, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is what marriage is built on, reverence for one another, man and woman, not man with man, not woman with woman. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As a church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Now let me, the word submit in the Bible doesn't mean that we become someone's slave. Okay, that's idiotic, okay? Husband and wife have to agree, disagree, agree, and disagree. So what we're talking about here, that word submit is to be faithful, honest, to really be a, a blessing 
to your husbands, to be a blessings to your husbands. It doesn't say obey, it says submit. But in the Christian, in the Hebrew, in Hebrew, this just means that wives respect your husbands. Now, in Scripture, it also says, Husband, Husbands, love your wives as I love the church and died for it. So that's the kind of husbands we need to be. We really need to cherish our wives. Because if we don't, a marriage won't last. And this is here for husbands. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by fine cleansing of God's word. He did this to protest. I'm sorry. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be body, excuse me, I can't my glasses, I've been made for new glasses. She will be holy and without fault. Again, that's what I was trying to say. Sincerity between a couple. Honesty between a couple. Fidelity between a couple. These are the ways that we, as husbands and wives, we should be living. And, you know, he goes on to say, I mean, in the scripture goes on to say, which is very, very strong. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body. But feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church, and we are the members of his body, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united unto one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, that's why I said the word submit in the Hebrew can mean a lot of things. It's respect, okay? It's being a wife who's honest and trustworthy. All the things that make a marriage stronger, 
It's so important that we really, really think about Christ's word. I've only been born again for two years, a born again Christian for two years. And I never thought I would be preaching scripture. Never in a million years. I never, I, to me, the whole thing of, you know, being reborn, I thought it was something weird. But once it happens to you, you start to understand what God is doing. And again, children and parents, this is what's really affecting our society today. Really is. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the light. For this is the right things to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not provide your children to anger. I'm sorry, do not provoke your children to anger. By the way, you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord, from God. We parents are lacking that a lot. A lot of kids today I see that they're disrespectful to the parents and the parents just, they don't care. Here, Johnny, here's $500. Go out and have a good time with your friends. Hey, Johnny, this is a new car. Dad bought you a brand new car, okay? So what happens? The child doesn't know how to value the things that he has and thank God for them. Because if they fall off, if they're given too easily, the child is never going to understand the word sacrifice, the word worthiness, value. None of these things he will know because he won't respect it. So this is where it's really important, you know, that we understand that we as parents, God is our Father, but we as parents, we have a duty, an obligation, responsibility for teaching our children the Word of God and put it in, in their hearts, in their heads, and in their souls. And this is what's missing in society today. Everything is okay. You know, the new generation is like, Every, everything's okay. It's not a problem. And how wrong they are. And how wrong they are. All I can say is that we need to change. If the world is to be saved, if the world is to be saved, we need to stop making the change. In our families, in our neighbors, in our neighborhoods, we need to help make the change in the world. Be humble. 
But don't be afraid to talk about God's words. Do it in a way that shows them God's love. Because there's an old saying, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So if we approach somebody with a very harsh attitude of judgment, that's not the way. That's not the way God wants us to operate. God wants us to operate in his way. And we have to remember that. Now, this is interesting. Which we forget this very often. This is long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And how in these days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as his inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expression. So just think about that. That's why when we act as Christians and we do God's work, we're doing the same thing. Now, again, this is what we have to realize. Like I said, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that it shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. So as you can see, Jesus Christ knows everything. I want you to keep this in mind. Every time you make a decision in life. If it is not in God's favor, there will be repercussions. This is why we should always come to Christ first when we make our decisions. Always in prayer. And ask for his guidance. And ask for his wisdom and his knowledge 
for us to make the right decision in his name. So these are the things that we have to remember. It's very easy for us to think that the Bible is an old book. I've heard this for so many people. That's old. Doesn't it doesn't pertain to today? God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. So my brothers and sisters, we need to start to really put that in our minds. We really do. Is that we have to ask ourselves, are we really living a Christian life? And that's what's so important. You have to know that the only way to salvation is through Christ. The only way for forgiveness is through Christ. No man can get to the Father except through Jesus Christ. It's in Scripture. Matter of fact, it says here, For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And when he brought his... I have to see what the word says. Supreme. And when he brought, brought his supreme son into the world, God said... Let all of God's angels worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he tends his angels like the wind, his servants like flames of fire. But to the sun, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O oh God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else. So as you can see, that's the kind of love God has. His Son came into this world as flesh without sin, and existed without sin until the time he left the earth. Just think about that. And he came down as flesh to feel the same things we felt, to be taunted and to be uh, tempted. He went through all that so that he could show us the way of righteousness and the road to heaven. This is what he did. Now, this here, we talk about this all the time. Once you become a born-again Christian and you drift away, it's a very dangerous thing to do. And it says right here, 
So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So it makes us think that we can escape. If you ignore this great, this great salvation that was first anointed by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us, by those who heard him speak. And God confirmed the message. By giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts to the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. And this is in Hebrews. Now you have to remember, like I tell people, the Bible is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. God doesn't change. We are the ones who drift away and change and decide to live a life of sin, an immoral life. And there's consequences for doing that from God. And, you know, what's really great here is that most of us think that we, uh, that God never gave us anything. And it's right here. Furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world. We are talking about, for in one place, the scripture says, what are mere mountains, I'm sorry, what are mere mortals, that you should think about them, or a son of a man, that you should care for him. Yet, for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels. This is still in Hebrews, and it's uh, chapter 3. And it's uh, actually, it's verse 8. God spoke. You gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do, oh, sorry. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a portion a little lower than the angels and because he yuttered death for us he is now crowned with glory and honor yes by God's grace Jesus
By God's grace, Jesus tested death for everyone. God for whom and through whom everything was made, choose to bring many children into glory. To bringing many children into glory, sorry. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to be, fit to be in them into their elevation, fit to bringing them into their elevation. So now, Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That, that is why Jesus is not ashamed we call them his brothers and sisters, for he said to God, I will proclaim you, I'll proclaim, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people, sorry. He said, I will put my trust in him. That is, I and the children God has given me. So again, we have right there how you live by the word of God. He gave, he gave us the road map. He gave us the way. He gave us his word. He gave us his laws for us to live by in order for us to be his children. So I just ask everyone is that look around you every day. Look around you every day, the people you're around. And see how some of them act. You're going to see and understand what God is saying. Because it becomes vivid. Becomes vivid, vivid, vivid. You look at the political. How can I put this? The political atmosphere, as I like to call it. You can tell how corrupt it is, how evil it is. And all because of money. See, money is their God, not God. The things of the world, we should never, ever think about those things. We should do is focus on the Word of God. So on that, I'll close in prayer. Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach your word to your people. And Lord, I ask, Lord, for your continued blessings and anointings so that I can every day build my faith to teach what you want me to teach them. 
And Father, we all pray that you will heal our nation and heal the world of this virus which was created to destroy. And Lord, we ask for a healing in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. And Lord, make us stronger so that we can go out and live by your word and be ex true examples of who you are. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.